0: A question that I wanted to ask you, and that question is this Have you ever been inside of a cave? Anybody? Raise your hand. We're not talking about like five feet in, like gone into a cave, right? Uh, it is a really cool experience. My family and I have gotten a chance to do that too. And um, I remember uh, going a few hundred feet below the surface and thinking, wow, God's creation is awesome. It really is. And um, we had a tour guide, and I'm sure tour guides all over do this same thing. But at some point, she said, she prepared us, and she basically said, in just a moment, I'm going to shut off all of our installed lighting in the cave. And she had us sit down, and she said, I want you to experience this. And she said, it is utter darkness. She told us not to bring our phones out or have any type of source of light. And then she kept talking to us about the formations in the cave and then talked about what the darkness actually does. I looked up some stories and there have been some human experiments that people subjected themselves to. In the early 1960s, two individuals made sure that they were actually with doctor's help and stuff like that. And they got themselves into seclusion inside of caves they endured one of them endured 88 days in the cave during that time there were hallucinations that began to happen and there were moments where they thought they could catch their dinner because <laughs> something was in the cave but their eyes were were adjusting to that darkness and when they came out to the light It took them a very long time because the muscle of their eye had already adapted to the darkness and now it was extremely painful for them to endure seeing the light. And I started to think about that and think about the two places on earth that you can experience utter darkness. One is in a cave like that or at the depth of the bottom of the ocean where sunlight doesn't get in. And when these things happen, when we are subjected to utter darkness, they have an effect that has an effect on us. It had an effect on those people and the the people who got stuck in the cave a few years back down in South America. It had an effect on them mentally, physically, emotionally. There were many different effects And I think that there's a spiritual darkness. In fact, I'm certain, I don't just think this, I know this, that there's a spiritual darkness that we are all born into. So with that in mind, I want you to understand that that spiritual darkness impacts every single human on the planet. Sadly, Scripture tells us that many will actually suffer in eternal, utter darkness. And that is something that is very sad and should bring to our hearts a compassion to reach out to them. There is a hope for humanity. I believe that. I live my life based on that truth. And that truth is that there is a light that overcomes the spiritual darkness. So Jesus' second statement that we'll look at today is a statement where he says in John chapter 8... I am the light of the world. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it says this, in talking about Jesus, in foretelling about the future, it is a prophecy, it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. In this same chapter, further on in a few verses, we hear the often repeated phrase that we hear at Christmas time. I'm sure if I start it, you can finish it. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son has been given. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and the Prince of Peace and Everlasting Father. So there's this understanding of light invading the darkness throughout scripture in genesis chapter 1 verse 3 god said let there be light and there was light if you read the first two verses it says that darkness was present until god created light he truly is the source of all light So Jesus, when speaking of himself, he gives this second statement in John chapter 8, and we see that in verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is speaking to people in that day and time who had an understanding of their history I'm not gonna get on a soapbox for very long, but I'm gonna tell you if you forget your history, you are bound to repeat it. I encourage you, know your own history, your family's history. Rehearse your spiritual history. Where were you when you first came to know Christ? Those kinds of things are important. In fact, God led his people through the wilderness and had them set up altars of remembrance. And he said, so that every time you cross that Jordan River at that spot, you'll be able to remember and tell your children, God saved us and set us free. He walked us out of here on dry ground. God is all about that remembrance. And so those people during Jesus' day were well versed in their history. So when he professes to be the light of the world, he's saying something that's significant to them because they knew that he was describing himself as deity or as God, as God himself. Go with me to Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. We'll have the verse on the screen. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. Why do you think that was? For shade right? It's got to be. I mean, God's got common sense. He knows these people are in a wilderness wandering. And then what do they need at night but a fire to lead them? It says, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. This is hundreds probably of thousands of people traveling through the wilderness By the time the front line starts moving, the back of the line, it takes a few hours before they start going. So there's movement through day and night. And God determined to be with his people in every moment they faced. I believe that's real and true for you and I today. That his presence can be with you and guide you and be in you and walk with you through the moments that you face. Whether they're moments of defeat, moments of fear, or moments of victory and joy. God desires to be with you. The Isaiah 9 messianic prophecy that I referenced a few moments ago is important to consider It's important for us to understand Genesis, God created light. Exodus, he led them out by light. Isaiah is prophesying and says one day there will be a child born who will be the light. And then in John chapter 8, we look at verse 12 through 20. We're going to read this passage through and talk about the significance of light, Jesus being the light of the world. Look at what Verse 12 says, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Think about this for just a moment. You can say what you want to about yourself but others around you will tell what's true, right? And so the Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus in this and say, you know, so what? You say that you're the light of the world. Who else is going to stand and testify about this? Verse 14, Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. Look at me for just a moment. Jesus is helping them to see how blind they really are because of the darkness that they're living in. Verse 15, you judge according to the flesh, and I judge no one, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. I don't have time to break down this whole thing, but if you're interested Please understand this. Jesus Christ is the judge of all the earth. You need to do a little deeper study when he's talking to them. He's saying, I don't judge by appearance, but you are. Verse 17, it says, in your law, it's written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your dad? Where Can we meet him? If he's going to tell us the same, can we meet him? Where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Notice, Jesus was in Jerusalem. He's actually in the temple. He's actually at the place where they would have given their offerings. It would be like him standing back by our offering box back there and starting to preach or share these words with them. So this is really important for us to understand because Jesus is in Jerusalem for a reason. The Bible says that Jesus' ministry... Kind of was uh, a traveling ministry, if you will. He went from city or town to town, went from place to place. But at these times, he would go into Jerusalem, and it was for a special moment. John chapter 7 tells us it was the Feast of Booths, or some would call it tabernacles. The Jewish word or the Hebrew word is Sukkot. And what that was, was it was a festival that celebrated the end of the harvest. But check this out. It also celebrated the people's exodus from Egypt when they had to live in temporary shelters. So on the heels of that celebration, Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. He's the light that we should be led by. It's that direct context that he claims to be the light of the world. Right before his statement of being the light of the world, there's a very interesting passage that has left many people, probably every person who's ever, ever read it, in awe. And that is the moment of the woman caught in adultery. Jesus then says to her, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more after all of her accusers leave. And then Jesus is going to tell them, I don't judge on appearance like you are judging. I am judging something deeper. I'm judging it in the heart. I'm the light of the world. So I want to go through three qualities of light that are physical qualities of light, but they connect with this theme of Jesus being the light of the world as well. The first is this. It is that light, simple, guides our Path, how many of you 've ever stubbed your toe in the middle of the night <laughs> right? It hurts it hurts worse, I, f- I feel like because you know you 're like, oh, I should have had my phone or a flashlight or a nightlight on. It really hurts. Um, I thought that we graduated from stepping on Legos as parents, but uh, this morning, as I was getting ready, I stepped on the back of an earring oh. that was on the floor in the bathroom. oh. Heavenly Father, help me. (laughs) And that was with the light on, okay? So we still mistake, we still make mistakes, uh, but light guides our path. There are two ways that you can know what your path should be or how God wants to lead you. There are two different ways. One is a physical resource you have and the other is a spiritual one. The first is God's Word. God's word, the Bible says, the psalmist wrote this down in Psalm 119, 105. He says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've ministered in the church world realm for many years. There are people that struggle with different decisions that they have to make in their life. And I asked them, what does God's word say about this? They look at me sometimes with a dumbfounded look. (laughs) The truth is God's word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So if you are struggling or searching for direction, even if you're not, you still need God's word because it will help avoid pitfalls. It'll help you walk in the ways of righteousness for his name's sake. The Bible is a good book. It's better than a good book. You should hide his word in your heart. You should memorize it. You should use it. Yes? Amen. The second thing is a spiritual thing, and that is God's spirit. His spirit. Let me just say this as a caveat or as a warning. If you hear anything that cannot be backed up by God's word... It is not God's spirit. If it cannot be seen principally through God's word, then that is not God's spirit speaking to you. But the Bible says, and I was up here worshiping just a few minutes ago, making my own song and just worshiping the Lord. And I began to think about that verse that says, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of me. So I need his spirit, and I need to hear his voice. It's okay to seek counsel. It's okay to talk to your friends and see what they think. But I'm telling you, the biggest mistake of your life will be putting earplugs in or deadening the sound of God's voice in your life. We believe that God still speaks, that he doesn't just speak to people like Billy Graham, but that he speaks to you. He can speak to a mom in a car rider line. He can speak to a fireman who's hanging out waiting for the next call. He can speak to a college student in the middle of their studying and they're cramming for a test. The Spirit of God is alive and well today and He wants to be inside you and lead you and guide you. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. That He guides us away from sin. That he guides us into the will of God. So the word of God and the spirit of God are the things that we need to guide our path to light the way in this life. The second truth about or second quality of light is this. Light reveals and exposes I don't know how many of you men may have used the men's room this morning, but before you leave, you should check it out. It's got a fresh coat of paint. (laughs) And they're soon going to have some other rooms that have some fresh coats of paint around here. The young man that was painting yesterday, as he started to roll the roller up into a corner, got onto a giant spider web that neither of us could have seen (laughs) before we got there because the light wasn't bright enough. But when we put extra light in there, it exposes all the things. (laughs) I've always wondered why those romantic restaurants have those dim-lit lights. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's because of stains on the carpet they're trying to hide. Maybe that's what we should do, Mark. Dim light. Okay. But here's the thing. Light reveals and exposes. Now, in the spiritual sense, the light of God reveals and exposes my motivations. It reveals the error of my way. It reveals a bad attitude inside of me. I feel that little tinge, and I go, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. That's not me being awesome Dexter. That's God being great in me, telling me, hey, stupid, you need to stop, right? Am I... The light reveals and exposes. Check this out. In Ephesians chapter 5, it's so wonderfully worded. Paul the apostle, when he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he says this in verse 8. He says, For at one time you were darkness. Come on, somebody. But now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Verse 10 it says, and to, and to and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. And the first part of verse 14 says this, At the top, for anything that becomes visible is light. So truly, God's word, God's spirit, and Jesus calling himself the light of the world, having him in my life as my master, as my Lord, as my Savior, having him in that place causes light to expose the dark corners of my heart. I think it's missing in a lot of places this light, this little light of mine. The light of God's word and his presence in us reveals and exposes sin. I've prayed for people before and prayed for even relatives that God would reveal to them the error of their way, that God would truly shine a light in their life and help them understand. I know that people have prayed that for me and I truly believe that the light of God is good. And I'll use a reference that we'll all understand in these days. It's sanitizing. This light is cleaning. It's got a cleaning aspect to it. Because it can, it can prevent me from continuing in a bad habit. It can help me to stop Treating people in a poor way or in a bad way. It can help me have a better attitude. God's light. And as things in my heart and my life and my mind are exposed to God's light, they can be changed by His Spirit. He doesn't just shine a light in order to make fun or to poke fun or to make you feel bad. He causes that thing to come to light so that in partnership with Him, you can actually experience change. Remember what we say all the time. God is a miracle worker, but He is not a magician. He doesn't just wave a wand and make it all go away. He wants your partnership with Him. Amen? And the third thing is this. Light impacts the environment. I find this really interesting. It's the only statement out of the seven statements that Jesus says, I am, and fills in the blank. It's the only statement that he makes that he also says of you and I. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, It says this, Jesus was talking to the people gathered there who were believers in him. And he says this, you are the light of the world. I know I referenced it a minute ago subtly, and maybe you remember the words of that song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Jesus goes on to say in verse 15, nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket or Or anything like that but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all who are in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who's in heaven expelling the darkness means that we have to turn on the light and if the light is on if you're hearing me this morning with your spiritual ears If the light is on, but it's dim, it needs to be cranked up in order to make a difference in the environment. I was so thankful when that tour guide in the cave turned the lights back on. My kids and my wife sitting next to me, and we're sitting next to some strangers, but I felt safe in the knowledge of there are people who I love in this place experiencing this with me but it was unnerving. It was unsettling to experience that darkness. I was craving and wanting the light to come back. I believe there's a craving inside of the human heart that craves light, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's maybe not, it doesn't feel good, but it's good for you to have this light. Would you stand with me today? There are several different applications for the message, but I trust the Holy Spirit spoke to you through one of these three things. Do you need direction in your life? Do you feel like your path is headed down the wrong direction? Then you must seek the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're struggling to allow Jesus to be the Lord and master of an area of your life, We use the analogy of the heart that has rooms and closets. Maybe there's a door that you've barred shut and said, Lord, you can't go in there. But he wants access to every one of those places where the cobwebs are, where the hurt is, where the fear is. He wants entrance into that place because his light will make a difference. Maybe you're the person who has the light on but it's kind of dim these days maybe it's dim in the conversations with your coworkers or your family members the light who is in you is not of yourself it is of Christ and it can expel the darkness around you Jesus we believe that you are the light of the world and you called us the only time you said this Out of the I am statements, you said that we are the light of the world when we have you inside of us. Father, today I pray for each individual person that they would commit themselves to allow your light to shine in them and through them. That we would be beacons of hope in this dark world, in our dark jobs, in our darkened families. Lord, that you would instill in us the courage to crank up that light so that others would see you in us. Father, we thank you that you not only created light and are the source of all that is good, but you also gave us your son who is the light of the world. Lord, we thank you for that.